Permite Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get into it this morning. We're in the third message of our, of our Level Up series. Uh, the, the whole point of this series is, is to set you up for, for a new level in, in uh, 2018. New successes, new, new victories, new goals reached, growth uh, you know, in the area of wisdom and knowledge and, of course, spirituality. Uh, and, and last week, or not last week, but two weeks ago, we first talked about the mind, how sometimes we need to transform our mind. We have to come into a new way of, of, of thinking about things when we approach new situations. Uh, the, the ways that used to work won't always work. Sometimes God is trying to give, get us to shift our mentality. Um, and then last week we spoke about praying with authority. And I hope that your prayers have changed this week, man. I, I know mine have. Praying like you're on a mission to receive the blessing that God has promised to you. Even if you haven't gotten it yet. Maybe you prayed really, really hard this week and, and, and you're still, you're still needing that blessing. Keep on, keep on praying. Pray with authority. Authority. There is power in prayer. And we, we say that a lot, don't we? Man, there's power in prayer. But then we don't pray with power. So that's what we talked about last week. <laughs> and then this morning, I want to talk about something uh, that I don't think we, we talk enough about in, in, in church. Uh, but before we get too deep, let's go ahead and uh, to our, our main text. It's found in Luke 22, 54 through 62. And uh, Lewis, if you could just kind of follow with me as, as I read. Luke 22, 54 through 62. And it says, they, then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him at, as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You are also, uh, you also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how we had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Amen. The title of today's message is The Art of the Failure. Failure is not something that, you know, I think we, we talk a lot about in church. You know, in church, we're taught that we're more than conquerors. We're, we're, we're victorious, right? God has called us to, 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 to rise above every, every battle and, and come out winning. Amen. And, and that, is, that is true from, from an eternal perspective, right? Christ defeated the grave. And in us, we have also defeated death through Christ. Um, but in life... It often feels like we're losing more times than we're winning. Amen. In fact, I'm willing to bet that that we fail more times than we actually succeed. Um, and that's because we're we're flawed. Humans are flawed. And when you have something that is that is less than perfect, it's only a matter of time before it, it fails at anything that it attempts. You know, we fail God on the daily. Every day we wake up and, and we can never please God enough. The Bible says that that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We fail at our diets. Amen. I, I know that's everybody in here. 
We fail at, at exams. We fail at sports when the other team beats us. And sometimes we fail miserably. And that's what I, I really want to focus on this morning is failing miserably. See, when you're trying to get to the next level, chances are you're going to fail. I remember being in sixth grade trying to go up to the seventh grade and I failed on one of my major exams. I had to go to summer school. I remember being at the gym a few years ago. I was trying to do more weight, uh, more weight at, the, at the bench than I had ever done before. I didn't have a spotter, but I was like, oh, I'm just going to do it anyways. And I, and I lift it, and, I, and it falls on my chest. And I'm there for like five seconds trying to, trying to breathe with the weights just pounding on my chest. I had to wait for someone to come uh, lift, lift it off me. It was actually a, uh, a guy and his girlfriend. It was really embarrassing. <laughs> But, you know, any time you want to level up, as our series is called, you're going to attempt things that you might fail um, at, at doing. You might, not, you might not be able to do it. And that scares us. The fear of failure, church, man, it's, it's, one, it's one of those things that just scares us more than anything else. And it cripples everyone who has the potential of doing great things. Because it stops us from taking risks. It, talk, uh, it stops us from putting, putting ourselves out there and trying because what, what if I fail? And what's even worse is when God, when God calls you to something, God has a very specific purpose and, and, and task that he wants you to meet. A lot of times the fear of failure cripples Christians and it, uh, it stops us from pursuing our calling. There's a lot of people that can be used mightily for God, but what, what if I fail? And I, I, I like to think about, you know, Moses a lot because Moses was a guy that, that uh, asked this question, well, what if I fail? What if I'm not good enough? What if I come short? What if, what if they don't follow me? What if Pharaoh doesn't listen to me? What then? What if I fail? He was so afraid that it almost stopped him from being the man that God called him to be. And maybe God has been dealing with you lately, church, and, and you have yet to step up. To, to pursue that calling, to pursue that task that God has been calling you to because, because you're afraid to fail. But let me tell you something, church. God has a way of turning our failures into testimony. And then he has a way of turning those testimonies into a success. And that's why this message is called the art of the failure. God, God says, give me your failures and see what I do with them. And so I want to look at Peter's failure for a moment because I think that it'll, it'll inspire us to, to face our fear of, of failure. You know, this had to be one of the most shameful moments of, of Peter's life. You know, and, and as, I, as I think of his story, I tend to think of Peter as, you know, one of, one of like the boys from the hood who, always, who, who says things like, ride together, die together, right? Uh, homies for life. But then he, he, he hears the, the police sirens and then he's running away and he's not even looking back to make sure his, his homies are okay. That's, that's Peter because, because the night before he was telling Jesus that, that he was his boy, that he had his back, that he would go to jail for him. He would even die with him because Jesus was everything to Peter. And Jesus even calls Peter out on it. He says, Peter, you're going to deny me three times, man. And Peter's like, no, not, not me. I'm, I'm, I'm your boy. I'm like the only apostle here that, 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 truly, that, that you can really count on. I would never do that. And then later that night, in the heat of the moment, Peter denies Jesus. Last week, we talked about God turning up the heat a little bit in certain situations, right? And he does that to, to pressure us. And to test us, to test our faith, Peter failed that test because he was afraid to lose his life. 
He was so afraid to lose his life that he chose not to be associated with Jesus and deny him. Even when Peter remembers those words that Jesus said, he says, if anyone wants to come to me and be my my disciple, he has to hate his mother and his father, his brother and his sister. Yes, even his own life. All this had to come to Peter's mind in this moment when he was about to deny Jesus or affirm that he knew him. But in the heat of the moment, when he was asked, do you know this man? He failed. And because he was afraid of losing his life or his freedom or his his reputation, you know, the fear of failing to protect any of those things led Peter to fail even more miserably. You know, that that happens a lot, church. Our, Our fear of failing our fear of, of losing something, it often results in, in a bigger failure anyway when you decide not to go with that something that, that you thought was going to make you fail in the first place. I, I don't know if that made sense. But, but you, you fail when you decide not to try is basically what I'm saying. You fail when you don't take the step. And here in this moment, Peter failed as a disciple by not even trying to be one. He didn't just, he didn't just fail Jesus. He he failed himself. He failed the three years of of time that he spent learning and growing from Jesus, witnessing Jesus do great and mighty things. He failed on so many levels. And in Peter's life, this was probably the worst failure that he had ever experienced. And I I want, I was reading this passage and I I found something. I mean, it kind of goes with the message. I might take it a little bit of, of a detour, but um, verse 54, if, if you look at that again, it says this, it says, then they seized him and they led him away. They're talking about Jesus, bringing, bringing him to the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance that there's a key phrase right there. Peter was following at a distance. He was following, but at a distance. Church, you know what happens when you're following something at a distance? Eventually, you're going to lose sight of what you're following. Think about it. If you're following someone in a car and they're in front of you, it's only a matter of time before you hit a stoplight and they keep going. It's only a matter of time before someone gets in front of you and, and it makes you even further away from them. It's only a matter of time when they get so far uh, ahead of you that you lose sight of, of where they are. When you're following at a distance, you're setting yourself up for failure, church. And Peter's following Jesus. He's following, but what is, what is he not doing right there with him? Why is he not right there by his side? I bet you if Jesus was doing a miracle, I bet you if Jesus was feeding 5,000 people, I bet you if Jesus was walking on water, I bet you if Jesus was healing the sick, Peter would be right there with him. He'd be all cozied up, nestled with Jesus. Hey, Jesus, let me help you. Here, let me give you some more fish, some more bread. I, I'm your boy. But right here, when Peter's about to lose something, he steps back and he follows, but at a distance. If you're not, not going to follow someone closely, don't follow him at all. Because you're going to lose him. You can't, you can't be following God at a distance and expect not to fail. You can't be, you can't be praying sometimes and expect to be equipped with the full armor of Christ. At best, you'll, you'll be wearing some socks or something. That's, that's about it. You can't, you can't be reading the word one time of month and expect to know who God is. You can't follow at a distance. This is going to sound a little judgmental, but you know, it's the truth. I've known Christians who have followed Christ at a distance, and they're not Christian anymore. 
Because eventually they hit a stoplight. Eventually they lost sight of where Jesus was. Eventually they took a wrong turn because they didn't even know where Jesus was. And they got so lost and they stopped following Christ at all. Don't be a Christian who follows at a distance, church. There's a reason. There's a reason that Peter was following at a distance. There's a, Peter, there's a reason that any of us follow at a distance. I, I told you a few months back, um, I had this girlfriend, fourth grade, and uh, I liked her a lot. But, you know, I, I didn't really want anybody to know about us. So it was like, when it, when it was just me and her... I mean, I say me and her, like me and her and like her mom or something. You know, we're fourth grade. But when, when it was just us two, yeah, I, I like you. We're cool, right? But, but when my friends are around, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to separate a little bit. Because I, I didn't know if it was even cool for a fourth grader to have a girlfriend at that time. So I better, let's just play it safe, right? And anytime she would pass me up in the hallway and she'd wave her hand, I'd just kind of give her a subtle like, what's up? Because I didn't want her to know. <laughs> You can't do things successfully, church, when your mind is distant. You can't do things successfully when your heart is distant. You can't be successful when your fear of failing is closer to you than the courage to take on the risk. And this, this applies to anything. If you're not doing it all in, you're not, you're not really doing it. If you're not committed to that new business or that new ministry or, or that new workout plan or that diet or that new relationship, and you're trying to do it all at a distance, you're eventually going to fail. And sometimes if you're like Peter, you're going to fail miserably. The text says that after all this was done, he went away to weep bitterly. That, that's usually the first thing that we do when we fail miserably, right? Is we just, we beat ourselves up. We lock ourselves in our room and we don't want to talk to anybody. We're just, we're so disappointed with ourselves. Sometimes we even cry, right? Peter, he didn't just fail himself. He, he fell the one that he claimed to love. So he wept bitterly to weep bitterly implies, you know, the utmost of, of shame that can be felt. He was so disappointed in himself. And, you know, maybe even if Peter had stepped up and said, you know what? I I do know this man and he saved me and he can save you. He can save you as well. Maybe even if Peter would have, would have affirmed knowing Jesus instead of denying knowing him, the death sentence would have still been the same for Jesus. Maybe nothing would have really changed, but at least Peter would have proved that he really did take his discipleship seriously, that he really did take his friendship with Jesus seriously, and that he was going to be there in the good and the bad because he loved him. But by, by denying him, all of that went out the window. Think about it, man. By denying Jesus, he denied Jesus, and Jesus was left there hanging on a cross with not even as close as apostle right there by his side. I'd probably be weeping bitterly myself. And Peter feels like a failure. Church, there's going to be times in your, in your lives where you're going to fail. And you're going to fail miserably. And, and, and you might be taking on a new task or a, a new role or a new ministry or a new business. And you're going to be all excited. You're thinking that you're going to be successful. You're going to come out on top. You're confident going in just like Peter was the night before. And you're going to take the risk, but you're going to fail. It's going to happen. Don't be surprised when it happens. And then on the other end, you might, you might say, you know what? I'm not even going to take the risk because you're afraid, because you don't want to lose something, because you'd rather just stay where you are than, than getting set back. But in doing so, you'll never be able to take that next step. So it seems like in any situation, we're doomed to fail. And that's because we're imperfect, church. 
No matter what we do, we're never going to be good enough. But I want to tell you something this morning, church. God takes us out of our failures, man. He takes us out of our failures, and he gives us the opportunity to try again. He allows us to learn lessons, to learn from our mistakes, to learn from our own shame. And, then, and there's an enemy who wants to use failure. Whether you've already failed or you're just afraid to fail, the enemy uses it to try to stop you from moving forward. But we have an intercessor, church. We have a man whose name is Jesus, who is patient when we fail, who is forgiving, who is merciful, and he wants you to keep moving forward. He doesn't want you to quit. Listen to this. It's in Luke 22, 31 through 32. I don't, I don't think I have it up here. Maybe I do. I, I don't know. But it says, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Did you hear that? The night before, Jesus is telling Peter, Satan, Satan is fighting for you. He has tried to have you. But I have prayed for you that your faith might not fail. Even before Peter makes the biggest mistake of his life, he tells him, I have prayed for you that your faith does not fail. And, and when you get over your, your failure and, 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 and you stop being so sorry for yourself, you're going to strengthen yourself and you're going to strengthen those around you. I love that he says this, church, because, because Jesus knows that Peter is going to fail at life. Peter is going to fail at ministry, in his career, as a husband, as a parent. He's going to fail in pretty much anything that he does. But Jesus is saying, I don't want you to fail in your faith. Because that is the most important thing. And church, maybe you're here this, this, this morning and you failed at so many things, but, but Jesus is wanting you not to fail in your faith. Because usually what happens is when we fail miserably, our faith goes with it. And we're so down and, and we think that all is lost and we're broken beyond repair. But there is a God that, he, that is forgiving and merciful and he wants you to keep going. He doesn't want you to quit. It doesn't matter if you failed countless of times you can't get to success without failure you can't get to triumph without defeat even Jesus had to die before defeating death but we'll never succeed if we lose our faith I want to encourage you this morning church that if you're facing the fear of failure man Jesus he's he's there and he's praying that you don't fail in your faith he's interceding for you so stay strong don't get caught up in the mistakes that you might make as you're trying to achieve your destiny. If you fail, Jesus is going to be there to make a masterpiece out of your mistakes if you just keep going. A lot of us fail prematurely, man. We fail, we, we, we fall down, and, and we're like, man, I'm just going to stay here for a while. I'm so discouraged. I don't even want to keep going because what if I just fell again? But God can turn your failures into a masterpiece. He did it with Adam. I think about Adam, the fall of man, the, the biggest mistake anyone could have ever made, bringing death into the world. And he turned it into an intentional relationship with Jesus so that we could all be a part of. And it gives us an intimacy with Jesus that we might have not been able to have before because we wouldn't have known how badly we needed it. God does, man, he works together all all things for the good of those who love him. Even all bad things, even the failures, even the mistakes. He turns them in a way because, man, see, God is an artist, man. 
God, I mean, I, I think you can think of life as, as a canvas. And a lot of times we like to go up and paint on the canvas, right? Kind of like Layla brought home a little painting yesterday that she did at a birthday party. And, and God is like, hey, let, let, me, let me paint this for you real quick. And a lot of times we're so st- stubborn. We're like, ooh, look at the pretty colors. Let me, you know, let me go up there and let me, let me have at it myself. And then we mess it up. And it's disgusting and it's ugly. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if anyone here can draw, but I, I'm terrible at drawing. Terrible. But Jesus can take the ugliness and make it into something beautiful. God has the ability to do that, church. But we have to not fail in our faith. We can fail at anything else, but not the faith, because it's the faith that keeps us going. It's the faith. When we give up on our faith, we give up on everything. You might get discouraged. Maybe you're discouraged this morning. Maybe something didn't work out for you like you thought it was going to work out. Your, Your faith might be a little bit bruised, but don't let it fail. The Gospel of John records a a dialogue between Peter and Jesus um, after the resurrection. It's a a very serious conversation if you read it. And uh, I want you to imagine just for a second being Peter and you're being approached by Jesus after denying knowing him. And every time you look at Jesus, you're just reminded of, of the biggest mistake that you've ever made. And Jesus opens his mouth and he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? I want you to think about that. Peter just denied Jesus. It's, it's still fresh. It was just a few days ago. And then he sees Jesus again, and he's still feeling all that shame, all that guilt because he failed him. And Jesus says, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you. Now, a lot of our Bibles, they're, they're not really good at translating what, what's What's really happening here? Um, the word that that uh, that Peter uses for love is different than the one that that Jesus used. The Greek word that Jesus used is is uh, agapao, which means love, like intense love, love as we know it. Right? We say we love Jesus. That's that's what Jesus was using, and the word that Peter was using was was phileo, which means love. Um, it, it's like a brotherly affection. It's where we get the word Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. So Jesus, Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter responded with, yeah, Jesus, you, you know that I care about you. You know that I have affection for you. And then Jesus says, okay, feed my lambs. And then it happens again the second time. Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? He uses the same word. And Peter responds in the same way. Yes, Lord, you know that I care about you. I, I adore you. Yes, yes, I care about you. He can't, really, he can't say the word love because he's so ashamed. But Jesus says, okay, tend my sheep. And then finally, Jesus asks him again, Peter, do you love me? But this time he uses the same word that Peter's been using, phileo. And the scripture, if you read it, the scripture says that, that Peter was grieved. Because Jesus asked him this question. Because it was a different question. It was a different word that he used. And he was grieved. And I think that he was grieved because Peter felt like he couldn't convince Jesus that he truly loved him. That's a terrible feeling, man. That's a terrible feeling. It's a terrible feeling 
wondering if, if someone that you really do love knows how much you love them. And that's, that's Peter in this moment. He feels like he can't express his love because if, if he expresses it the way that he wants to, well, what if he fails again? And Peter's still feeling the shame of his failure because just a few nights ago at the Last Supper, Peter made a promise to Jesus and he didn't deliver. He said, Lord, I will go to jail for you. I got your back. I love you, man. You're everything to me. I'll even die for you. And the heat of the moment, he abandoned Jesus. And now Jesus is asking Peter, Peter, do you love me? But Peter doesn't want to fail him again, so he kind of avoids answering the way that he really wants to. He doesn't want to fail Jesus again. You know, sometimes, church, we discredit ourselves because of our past failures. And I want, I want that to sink in. I'm going to say it again. We discredit ourselves. We, we can't make it past the next step because we think about our past failures. We think about the last time we tried and failed miserably. We don't want to try again because it was embarrassing the last time. It hurt people around me. It hurt myself. I don't want to do it again. I don't want to go through it again. So I, I better not do it. I better just play it safe. And our mistakes, they hold us back. So we play it safe, and that's what Peter's doing. He's playing it safe. He doesn't want to make a promise because the last time he made a promise, he fell short. But look at what he does. Look at what Jesus does. And this is found in John 21, 18 and 19. I think it's up there. One more time, Jesus commissions Peter. He says, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. So, you know, church tradition, um, it holds that Peter was martyred by his hands being stretched out and being nailed to a cross, just like Jesus. And Jesus, Jesus prophesied of, of his death in the, in the way that he was going to die. And so in his old age, after Peter founded so many churches, he's crucified on a cross. But by his own request, he says, I am not worthy enough to die like Jesus, so I want you to crucify me upside down. Now, you tell me, does that not sound like agape love to you? Think about it. To die for Christ, that takes a lot more than, than a brotherly affection. This is genuine, hardcore love that Peter has for Christ in order to die like this. And Jesus is telling him right here in this moment, he says, Peter, that's fine. You don't have to tell me that you love me right now because there's going to be a day when you're going to prove it to me. You're going to prove it to yourself. If you just keep having faith, do what I say, feed my lambs and follow me. You're going to prove it, but, but this time don't follow me at a distance. That, that, that's not going to work anymore. I need you right there by my side, and I'll be right there by your side, and I promise you, you will no longer be a failure if you just keep going. I will make your failure into a masterpiece. Just don't fail in the faith. You don't have to say it now. That's fine. Discredit yourself because of your past failure, but I'm telling you, if you keep going, I'm going to make your failure into a masterpiece. And I mean, if we know anything about Peter, Peter 
was one of the greatest apostles to ever live. Without him, the church probably wouldn't be where it is today. He didn't let one failure, and it was a, it was a huge failure. It was a fail. I mean, it was, he failed Jesus. He failed his apostles. He failed himself. Everything that he believed in, he failed miserably, but he didn't let it dictate the rest of your life. And maybe you're here this morning and you failed miserably at one point in your life and you've been letting that dictate your life and how you, how you move forward and, and the decisions that you make. You can't make certain decisions because in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, what if I fail again? Jesus is interceding for you. And he's saying, don't fail in your faith. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep going. I will make a way. I have a way of turning disaster into something that is beautiful. We got to let God work, church. We got to let God be the artist that he is. But too many times we hold back because we're afraid to fail. Well, I'm going to have you come up, Will. Maybe that's where you're at today, church, and you're here this morning and, and, and you feel like a failure and you have you feel like, man, I haven't done anything with my life because I'm, I'm just afraid to lose. Or maybe because the last time I I tried, I, I failed miserably, man. God is here this morning and he's telling you, don't lose your faith. He's called us to man, he's called us to greater things. And I don't know if you believe that this morning, but his word says that greater things we will do in his name. And by limiting ourselves because of our failure, that's, that's what the devil wants, man. He wants to shine that failure in your face every single day. He wants to remind uh, you of, 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 of the mistake that you were and the mistakes that you made in the past. But God is saying, man, I can do something with that. Give it to me. Let me, do, let me make it work. The other day I was trying to, was trying to put on a, a door at my, my house. and I'm not very handy, okay? Um, <laughs> but I was trying to put on this, this door and I, I had done a couple before. So like, oh yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it again. Um, and I, I just, I messed it up, man. I like messed up the, the frame and I mean, I'm going to blame it on the frame of the door, but I, I, I took it and I had it there and I was, just, I was messing up the door so many times and I was like, man, dad, dad, can you come over? <laughs> and my dad made it work. We have a nice door now in our bathroom before we, we had like, it was like three weeks. We didn't even have a door in our bathroom. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't want to be there. But, but sometimes we have to say, you know what, God? I messed up. And I'm coming to you with broken pieces. And I don't, I don't know how I can repair it myself. I, I don't know how any, anyone can repair it. But can you do something with it? And I guarantee you Jesus is going to say, yes. I can, do, I, can, I can make this more beautiful than when it was fully, fully assembled. Church, if you're feeling like a failure this morning, just know that God can make masterpieces. God can make art. God can turn it into something beautiful. When we say, God, I'm giving everything to you. I'm going to ask that we stand this morning. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.